We last talked to Dr. Michael Hall in April after he was recruited to help with the COVID-19 efforts in New York City. Now released from New York City and on a two-week isolated quarantine, we caught up with Dr. Hall and got a look into what he learned from his time in New York and what the future will look like for him as he will soon be back to Utah and his patients at Ogden Clinic. Welcome to The Daily Diagnosis, a healthy lifestyle podcast provided by Ogden Clinic. We're your prescription for health-centered conversation, stories, and advice. I'm Parker Shaw, and with the help of my team and featuring the talented providers of Ogden Clinic, you'll reach a positive prognosis for your podcast addiction by listening to The Daily Diagnosis. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this video interview. We are back with Dr. Michael Hall, one of our providers for Ogden Clinic, who has been on quite an adventure um, serving in both New York and now is in quarantine in Virginia. Dr. Hall, it's great to see you. How have you been? I'm good. Thank you, Parker. How have you been? Uh, doing awesome. Great to be here with you. Like I said, thank you so much. So we wanted to just jump right in and kind of get updated. It's been a few weeks since we've been able to talk to you last and last we reported from your report was from New York. And can you give us an idea of kind of what's been going on where you're at and how everything has kind of moved forward since we talked to you last? Yeah, um, I can't remember specifically when we talked last, but um, the our mission completed in in New York. Uh, basically, we were there during the peak of of when they were having their COVID-19 cases. Um, I think we were there, I think the single day highest was like 799, so basically 800, and that's deaths. So oh, wow. Deaths per day. Um, now they're in New York, they're under 100 for the state. So, I mean, dramatic difference in the number of deaths, new cases, hospitalizations, everything. So, um, at at that, at this point, um, they're able to handle the influx of new patients, and the, the hospital's not overrun. So they've they've moved us, most of us. There's still a few people left in New York from the Navy teams, but um, there's uh, by far the majority of us are now out of New York City, and where most of us are here in Virginia. Um, if any. If, People know where Norfolk, Virginia is, Portsmouth, Norfolk area. I'm in uh, Portsmouth. I'm sitting in a hotel. Um, they officially they call it restriction of most restriction of mobility (ROM). Um, true quarantine means that I have to be staying in my room whole time, but I'm actually able to get out of my room. Um, I, I can't do a whole lot. Uh, the property here is about 300 yards long and about 100 yards wide. So I can get out, I can go, and I can go do what we call PT, which is physical training. So I can go for a run or I can go push-ups or different things like that. But I have to stay in within that 300 by 100 yard um, section of property and six feet away from everybody else. Wow. That's crazy. And are, so are you the only person from your group that's at that hotel or is there a bunch of you there? So, and I, I guess I should preface that there's, I mean, the group in general, the entire Navy group, when you include the Comfort, the Mercy, the uh, Javits Center, and then those of us who are on the, the, the uh, teams that were sent into the hospitals, 
Um, there was about 800 of us total reservists. Um, okay. In the groups that were sent directly into the hospital, there was a little over 200 of us. And um, those were broken down into teams that went to specific hospitals. My entire hospital group is here, but, but not all of the uh, people that were sent into the hospitals are here. They're actually spread out in different places. Okay. The comfort folks have all gone home. Um, they went home about a week ago. The, the Javits Center folks are supposed to go home either today or tomorrow. I still have about a week left here in Virginia. And then as long as I test negative, then I'll be coming home. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Well, we hope that that is what happens. Um, you're not having any symptoms or anything like you mentioned, right? Just the boredom. <laughs> that is probably the most common one, right? So, no, but no symptoms of COVID, though. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, jumping back to your time in New York, what did condition? You kind of mentioned what conditions looked like when you were ready to leave. How things had drastically improved. Um, so, were you able to leave earlier than you had expected or anticipated? Uh, you know, we we were anticipating being there about. Um, two months, and that's about what it ended up being once I go through this quarantine period. It'll be about two months. Um, the There were some concerns that we were going to be extended. Um, my original orders were for two months. Those then got extended to September, actually. Wow. Because they were concerned at the height of it that it was just going to keep going. Mm -hmm. But then they they cut those back and um, they brought us out of New York in a staggered fashion. My hospital was one of the first ones that, that was um, allowed to pull their clinical people out because we kind of got our uh, hospital a little more under control quicker. Um, but my, my role there um, was basically I was in the ICU the entire time. Um, we were put in charge. Uh, a group of surgeons, orthopedics, plastics, urology, general surgeons, we were actually put in charge of an ICU. And so we ran the ICU. Um, as the numbers started coming down, we closed our ICU down. And then they, we, I guess we did a good enough job. They actually took our team and moved us and put us in another ICU and put us over that ICU. So we basically were in charge of taking ICU patients, COVID patients, and then um, helping them to a point where they, you know, hopefully get better. And if they don't, eventually the numbers drop until we close the ICU. So we ended up closing down two of the ICUs to a point okay. where they, with their regular staff, they were able to handle what they had. Awesome. Well, that is a very phenomenal experience, and I'm sure it's changed you as a person in a lot of different ways. Um, I wanted to ask... Um, what do you think is a lesson that you'll take away from your time in New York? Something that you learned over the course of your experience? Mm. Uh, you take a, take a lot from this kind of thing. Um, I think, you know, just an appreciation for what we have. It's so easy to, to, um, kind of go through life and just kind of, so hit our daily routines and little things that get us out of our comfort zone, like you know, you know, dog getting out of the yard or something like that. That 
that gets us all upset. I think we all are going to take from this experience, you know, all of us as people that, um, you know, sometimes we just need to kind of let little things be little and, you know, kind of just be able to roll a little bit better and be appreciative of what we have and be, show gratitude for the things that we have. Um, complain less. I like that. Maybe, maybe think about things like that. Yeah. Perspective on where we are and what we're doing. I agree. Yeah. I know my perspective feels uh, at least a little bit more amplified and you're able just to kind of see things in a new light. You gain an appreciation for things differently. And I'm sure even more so in your case, but I remember just yesterday we were, um, my wife and I were just outside eating and we had a friend pass by on the bike and like six feet away, like we're like, Hey, hey, hey. and like, we just treasure like any sort of like human interaction now. And, you know, not that we didn't before, but you know, it just becomes more special. And I think that's kind of something that was maybe a little bit needed. And I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. Um, moving on, I wanted to finalize maybe talking about your time in New York by asking if you had any standout experiences, if you were able to share any. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's patient care things that, that were certainly unique for me, um, but also just interactions with people. Um, you know, the, the group of people that I'm with, um, we're, we're, we're all doctors and, and nurses um, from all over the country. You know, these are people I, I never met a single one of these people before. They all come from different backgrounds, different specialties. And, and you know, within this military community, which I'm new to, um, there just becomes an incredible bond of um, friendship and camaraderie and working together. And of, of the many things that I will take from here, that I think is going to be probably one of the top things. It's just the connection to people and the appreciation someone that you don't even know who lends a hand and helps you out and, and you do the same for them. And, you know, that kind of camaraderie that has been here present during this with not just because it's military, <clears throat> but because of the situation. Yeah. Um, has really built a, a bond um, that it's hard to describe. Um, that um, I, and also the people back home. You know, the, <clears throat> just the incredible amount of support, like unbelievable, like how many people have called or sent me a package or a letter or shoot me a text just out of the blue. Hey, just thinking about you. And it's almost, you know, it's almost uncomprehensible that so many people would care enough to just shoot you a text and say, just thinking about you. And. And I think going back to what we were saying before, Parker, I hope we never lose that. I think that's what all of this has brought us to a better understanding, better appreciation for people and, and what we have and how we interact. And time is going to dampen that to some degree. I just hope it never, we never lose that because that's, that's something, if we're going to take some positives from this experience, Certainly, that is going to be one of them. Yeah. 
from a clinical standpoint, um, you know, again, this is this was not my wheelhouse. This this was, these are very very sick ICU medical types of patients, which I am, you know, I was trained for twenty years ago, but it's been a while. If I were to say anything, um, I would you know my very first few days um, were pretty dramatic here. Well, in New York. Um, the 10 bed ICU that we ran, we, we probably lost four to six patients a day. And, you know, the situation where they're very, very, very sick, um, patients, families couldn't come into the hospital. Um, nurses had been working for 21 straight days. Um, not having the hospital being overrun. It was just this, just this uh, crazy, it's hard to explain. And I'm, I don't know that I'm doing a good job, but even more than what I've described and more than what most people even understand from watching it on TV, how difficult, how dramatic, how chaotic, how sad it was in those first few days. And one patient in particular, I remember, um, when she, we call it coded, when, when that means basically when they're, when they start to go, go down. And so you call a code, which means basically you have a team respond to do CPR and to give medicines to try and bring them back. Um, my patient, that first, my very first patient that coded, we call it code. And, and the code team was already busy somewhere else. So I then had to run that code, meaning I was in charge of getting people in and giving the medicines and instructing people, you do the CPR and you do this and that. That's, that's something that an orthopedic surgeon doesn't do that often. And, yeah. you know, that, that experience and, and then... You know, subsequent experiences related to her, she, she eventually did not make it. Um, but that that was something that, like you asked when earlier questions, um, is, is there anything that changed you? Well, that probably did. Um, just, you know, it, you develop a, um, I don't know, just an introspective, care about people when you're trying to save their life. I don't know, you know, yeah, in such a direct way that, um, anyway, that was, that was a moment for me during this whole process was the very first time I had to run a code. Yeah. I can see why that would be pretty, a pretty hallowing experience and one that would change you. And I'm sure you had plenty of those. So thanks for being vulnerable and sharing that with us. Um, and thanks for highlighting those experiences. I think it really does, you know, there's a lot that we don't know about what goes on, especially being so in a different place, different time zone, you know, so far away and isolated from New York that it's kind of hard to fathom everything that goes on, especially behind the scenes and things that is not shown like on the news. Um, so thanks for bringing that to the light. I appreciate that. Um, moving forward. 
So you come into your quarantine in Virginia. You said you're here for two weeks. Um, you told us where you're at and kind of what you're able to do. Um, when do you be? When do you anticipate being able to return to Ogden Clinic? I'm in day ten and uh, three hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually finish my quarantine time uh, here on Friday of this week. So today's Tuesday. So this Friday is my last quarantine day. Um, at that point, I have to. Uh, take a test, the, the COVID-19 um, antigen test, so, and that usually takes a few days to come back. It is on a weekend that we're getting the test done, so who knows, it takes two days, four days. Um, but so long as that turns up negative, then I then I can come home. And then it's just a matter of uh, the, the Navy basically booking me a flight and getting me home. That could take a day or two or three. But um, so I'm hopeful to be back sometime the first week of June. So wonderful. Next week. Yeah, that, hopefully sooner rather than later. That is just around the corner. I sure hope so. Um, okay, so since you've been in quarantine, you have to give us the inside scoop. What's the? I I know it can be long and boring, um, like we've talked about before. But what's been the one thing or maybe tricks to getting you through it? Well, I've been doing a lot of um, running. Um, I mean, you, you kind of mark the day by your the, the times that they have meals here. So, you know, there's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So if nothing else, that's the time to show up and say hi to all the people that you know and, <laughs> you know, intermingle from a few feet away. And um, so the meal times are sort of mark your day. But in between there, I... I, I do some exercise at least once, sometimes twice a day. Um, I get on the, I have my laptop here, so I, I try to do some, something productive, you know, whether it's uh, continuing medical education credits. Uh, I certified on my PALS, my um, pediatric, adult, uh, pediatric life support. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, you know, whatever you can do on a computer to try and be productive. I, I just been doing things like that. Yeah, that's actually more productive than I think most people have been if they have been isolated or quarantined. Most people are like, I just watched Netflix, so <laughs> we need to take a lesson from you. Here and there too, for sure. <laughs> well, I'm glad. That sounds like a good, uh, you're able to balance your time with some good things and then maybe some more leisurely, leisurely things as well. Um, well, that's great to hear. Um, we're kind of wrapping this up. If you could tell your patients anything, um, what would you want them to know? We'll be back next week. Um, awesome. We'll have lots of stories. Most of my patients like to come in and we talk about golf and fishing and, you know, whatever. Now we'll have some more stories to talk about. <laughs> That's right. Definitely. I totally believe you there. Um, well, we're very excited to have you back. I know that we've missed you in the clinic, and um, I know your coworkers, patients, and other people have just, especially your family, is probably missing you terribly. So we're really excited to have you back um, here soon. Um, is there anything else you'd like to have covered before we wrap things up? No, just grateful for everybody back home. You know, honestly, the 
just people and partners, even patients. I've had patients send me little nice texts and things. It's just this thing, you know, we have good people where we live, you know, and uh, it, it's, we forget, again, be appreciative. Hopefully we never lose sight of that. Well, perfect. Well, thank you again for joining us today. Um, for everybody that has tuned in, this is Dr. Mike Hall, who has been reporting from his quarantine in Virginia. Um, Dr. Hall has been serving in New York. You can actually find his story um, in our other videos that we have, both on our social media platforms, on YouTube, and on our podcast, The Daily Diagnosis. Um, for more information on Dr. Hall or any of our other providers or more information on COVID-19, um, visit us at ogdenclinic.com. Dr. Hall, thank you so much for joining us today. See you in a week. See you soon. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. We're so happy that you joined us today. If you would like to find more information about Ogden Clinic, our providers, or locations, visit us at ogdenclinic.com. If you're listening today from Apple Podcasts app, make sure you leave us a review or subscribe so you can receive more information about the different episodes that we post. We love getting feedback from our audience, so those reviews are priceless to us. If you also would like to shout us out on social media, our Instagram handle is at Ogden Clinic. You can also send us a DM if there's a topic that you would like our providers to cover, and we really look forward to hearing from you. We post episodes weekly, so tune in next week, and we can't wait to be with you again. Have a great week.